Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. The other thing is that you might need to find a better balance between telling and showing. So when you tell your reader about an emotional experience, then your reader does not experience it. You have to show that emotional experience on the page. And there's no better way to do that than by mixing action dialogue, interior monologue, interior emotion, and description. So you really want to show how the external events of the story are affecting your character so that the reader can have that emotional experience that they're looking for. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about 10 common reasons why novels are rejected by publishers. And we're going to look at these reasons in roughly the order of how quickly they make an agent or an editor say no to a manuscript. And just to clarify, when I say an agent or an editor, I mean a literary agent or an acquisition editor. If you're unfamiliar with those terms, I would push pause on this episode and do a quick Google search to see what their roles are in the publishing industry before you come back and push play. Now, publishers give many reasons why they don't want to pick up a particular story. So, for example, sometimes the story itself works, but the timing just isn't right for the publisher. And if that's the case, you can't really do anything about it except start writing something else while you wait for the stars to align or start sending your manuscript out to different publishers. But in other cases, the timing is right, but the story doesn't work. And that's a pretty difficult thing to hear. You've just spent all this time writing and polishing your draft, but it's just not working and it's been rejected by publishers. But if that's the case, you don't have to wait for the stars to align or for the timing to be right before you make your next move. You can get to work right away and figure out what's wrong with your draft so that you can fix it and then resubmit your story. So with that being said, let's take a look at the 10 common reasons why novels are rejected by publishers. And remember, we're going to look at these reasons in roughly the order of how quickly they cause an editor or an agent to say no. Reason number one is that the category or the genre isn't the right fit. And I hate to say it, but most of the time manuscripts get rejected for this reason when an author doesn't do the proper amount of research before querying. So, for example, let's say you wrote a thriller and you queried an agent who only represents romance. Obviously, if that agent doesn't represent thrillers, then your story is not going to be a good fit for them. So they're going to reject it without even reading past the first few lines of your query letter. This also happens when it comes to the age category. So if you query an agent who only represents middle grade stories, but your story is adult fiction, then it's most likely going to result in a rejection. 
And I know all of this might sound obvious, but you would be surprised how often it happens. And the hardest part about a rejection like this is that it has nothing to do with the story itself. It's just about a lack of research on the author's part. So the point here is do your homework and choose an agent or an editor who is absolutely positively in love with the category or the genre you're writing in. An enthusiastic agent or editor is one of the main reasons that novels succeed, so don't waste your time querying someone who doesn't fit that bill. And that's reason number one, the category or genre just isn't the right fit. Reason number two is that your submission materials are full of bad mechanics and lackluster writing. So in most cases, the first thing an agent or an editor looks at is going to be your query letter. And if there are spelling and grammar errors in your query letter, or if it's just poorly written, it's unlikely that the agent or editor is going to look at any of the other materials you've submitted. Instead, it's probably going to be an automatic rejection, and he or she is just going to move on to the next story in the pile. If an agent or an editor does get past your query letter, then they're most likely going to look at your synopsis or your sample chapters next. And the same thing goes here. If there's a ton of spelling and grammar errors, or if you use too many adverbs, have weak style or voice, or if you write dull dialogue or lackluster action, then those are going to be obvious in the first page or two of your draft. Agents and editors have finely tuned reading instincts, and they can say yes or no to most high-level summaries or sample chapters that they see within very few pages. So the point here is that you want to polish your work as well as you can on your own and then get a second opinion before you send it out to agents or editors. And this is one reason why many writers choose to work with a literary agent, because a good agent can help you make sure that your work is up to snuff before sending it out to publishers. Now, of course, before sending your work to an agent, it's always best to get your work critiqued by a strong writing partner or a beta reader or a freelance editor. So that's reason number two is that the story is full of bad mechanics and maybe even some lackluster writing. Reason number three is that the author doesn't know who their target audience is. So sometimes I see query letters that say something like this. They say, this story will appeal to men, women, and children of all ages and of all interests. And usually writers put something like this in their query letter because A, they hope it will be true, or B, they think it makes their story sound more universal and appealing to a wider range of people. But in most cases, it's not true that your story will appeal to everyone, and it's not really realistic to expect it to. You still need to have a target audience in mind or an ideal type of reader who your book is just perfect for. And if you need help figuring out who that person is or who your target audience is, go back and check out episode number four of this podcast that's all about how to identify your story's ideal reader. And I will link to that episode in the show notes for easy reference. Now, the example I like to use here is the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. Those books were originally intended for middle grade readers who like fantasy. However, because they're so amazing, they do appeal to a large audience across all age groups. Now, of course, I can't say I know J.K. Rowling's process, but I would bet that she didn't go into a publisher saying her book would appeal to men, women, and children of all ages and of all interests. It's probably pretty likely that she had a very specific audience in mind or a specific type of reader who would enjoy her books the most. So anyway, we have to bring it back to the reality of what publishers are in business to do. They're in business to sell books. And as much as we wish it were true, their job is not to make us happy or to print copies of books that they can't sell. 
So if you can show them that you know what kind of reader you're targeting with your story and that you've done the work to craft a story for that audience, then they're going to have an easier time understanding where your book fits in the marketplace and what kind of readers it would appeal to. And because of that, you're going to have a better chance of forming a partnership with said agent or editor. So that's reason number three, the author doesn't know who their target audience is. Reason number four is that the story world isn't pulling its weight or it doesn't feel like an organic part of the story. And this can manifest in a few different ways. So for example, regardless of whether your story takes place in the real world or in a made-up world, the issue could be that you haven't done the work of highlighting what's special about your setting. To fix this, you'd want to go back through your draft and focus on showing readers what's special about your world through the eyes of your point of view character. Specifically, you'd want to focus on the elements that trigger an emotional response in your character or any elements that are different and new. If you don't know what's special about your world or what's worth showing readers, that could mean that you need to do a bit more research or a bit more world building. That way, you can fall in love with certain parts of your story world and then communicate those special parts on a scene-by-scene basis to readers. In either scenario, whether you're world-building or not, you'll also want to keep an eye on having too much description or not enough description. It's a fine line to walk for sure, and if you're having trouble finding the balance, you can enlist the help of a strong critique partner or a professional editor. And that's reason number four, the story world isn't pulling its weight or it's just not cohesive enough with the rest of the story. Reason number five is that the high-level story summaries are weak. When you submit your manuscript to an agent or an editor, you're usually going to be sending your query letter, your synopsis, and a set of pages. In the query letter, you're going to include a brief summary of what your story is about. And the synopsis is going to be a longer summary of what your story is about, but it's still not going to be very long. It's going to be like one to two pages at most. And what I want you to think about here is that every great story can be reduced to a short summary that describes what the book is about and that piques readers' interest. So agents and editors are always looking to these high-level summaries, both in the query letter and in your synopsis, to see if A, it's a story they'd be interested in, and B, if you've successfully boiled down your large manuscript into a strong yet concise summary. And the reason for this is because if you have a good logline or a good synopsis, then it's more likely that the manuscript you're submitting works. And not only that, but it helps an agent or an editor see the selling potential of your story too. If you have a strong logline and a strong synopsis, it's going to be easier for them to sell your story to whoever is next in the selling chain. If you have a weak logline or a weak synopsis, it's going to require more work on their part. So what can you do about this if this is your problem? Well, in the show notes, I'm going to link to an article on my website that's all about writing these type of high-level summaries. So you can go through those exercises and then have a writing buddy or a critique partner or even an editor give you some feedback. There's also some book coaches out there who specifically work on helping authors get their pitching packages ready, which includes stuff like working on a query letter and a synopsis and things like that. So depending on the kind of help you need, that's always an option too. And that's reason number five, the high-level story summaries are weak. Reason number six is that the characters just aren't interesting or unique. So the quickest way to pique an agent or an editor's interest is to have a unique and compelling main character. If you get any kind of indication from an agent or an editor that your characters aren't interesting or that they didn't connect to your characters, then you can do a few things to fix this. First, you want to make sure that you understand what it means to write a strong character. Characters need goals, they need backstories and values and strengths and weaknesses. They have to be multidimensional just like people are in real life. 
And then once you're clear on what it means to write a compelling character, I want you to go back and look at each of your scenes and make sure that A, you've identified one point of view character per scene, and B, that you're putting the readers inside the heart and mind of that POV character in each scene. And if you're having a hard time with this, get an outside opinion from a writing buddy or a professional editor, because they're going to be able to see things that you're missing and they can help you get your characters up to snuff. You can also go back and check out episode number seven and episode number 10 of this podcast that are all about crafting compelling and memorable characters. I will link to both of those episodes in the show notes too. So that's reason number six, the characters just aren't interesting or unique. Reason number seven is that the author lacks a strong voice. And if you're hearing that your voice isn't strong enough yet, then I want you to be slightly encouraged. This usually means that you have most of the ingredients for a solid novel in place, so you have a good story world, interesting characters, a strong theme, a good plot, things like that. But all that's missing is that magic je ne sais quoi that will make you different from every other fiction writer out there, and that's your voice. And if you're wondering how to find your voice, well, unfortunately, there's no real formula or magic answer. It just takes practice. You have to read a lot, and you have to write a lot. And that's because time and experience are the most important ingredients in developing your unique voice. So keep at it, keep practicing, and don't give up because you might be closer to catching an agent's attention than you think. But that's reason number seven, the author lacks a strong voice. Reason number eight is that the plot of the story is predictable. So when you hear that the plot of your story is predictable, you have to identify the underlying reason. A predictable plot is a symptom of an underlying disease, and if you cure the disease, then that symptom will go away. So let's talk about some common reasons your plot might be predictable. And first, we're going to talk about characters. So your plot might be predictable because your characters are too one-note or they're too predictable. You can fix this by giving your characters values or beliefs that conflict with each other, which will then force them into tough moral dilemmas. So they're going to make choices that readers won't expect because they're probably going to make choices that even you can't predict. So that's solution number one. The second thing is that you might not have enough conflict in each one of your scenes. When your character faces conflict in each scene, they're eventually going to be forced into a crisis or some kind of dilemma. In episode number 40, when I talked about writing well-structured scenes, I mentioned how in each scene there needs to be a crisis or a choice between two equally bad or two equally good things. And that's because if you don't make the dilemma or the choices difficult for your characters, then readers are going to be able to predict their decision, which will then make your plot predictable. So to solve this, you want to go through each one of your scenes and make that crisis moment a little more difficult for your character. The third thing is that you might not have done enough research. So let's say that you're writing about cops or doctors. If you don't do enough research, you're probably going to fall back on what we all see on TV about cops and doctors, and it's going to feel cliche. So to avoid this, you just need to do more research. You want to learn the ins and outs of whatever you're writing about so that you won't be able to rely on the obvious plot twists that you learn from TV. Instead, you'll come up with something new that nobody saw coming, and then you'll fix your predictability problem. And so that's reason number eight, the plot of the story is predictable. Reason number nine is that the theme of the story is overbearing. So nobody wants to be lectured by a book. Readers don't and agents and editors don't. If your theme is overpowering all of the other elements in your story, then it's time to rethink things. If you want to learn more about theme and how it emerges naturally from a story, then I want you to go check out episode number five of this podcast that's all about theme. I will link to that episode in the show notes for easy reference too. 
After that, I want you to take a look at each one of your characters, focusing specifically on their goals, values, and beliefs. And then I want you to ask yourself, do they seem like they're all designed to perfectly express your theme? And if so, I want you to go back and add in some goals or values or beliefs that conflict with each other. This is usually the easiest way to turn a flat character into a realistic and compelling one. And then once you're done with that, I want you to go back and rewrite each scene so that it reflects your new and improved characters. And fair warning, this may spiral a bit out of control, but it will all be for the better. If you give your characters conflicting values, beliefs, and goals, then it makes sense that things are going to change in your story. They just will. So be ready for it and try to keep an open mind. And that's reason number nine, the theme of the story is overbearing. Reason number 10 is that the story fails to deliver a powerful emotional experience. Writing fiction is all about giving readers a powerful emotional experience, and you do this by showing your point of view character having a powerful emotional experience and then convincing the reader that he or she is that character. So if this isn't happening, you need to figure out where things are breaking down. And one of the most likely causes of this problem are low stakes. If your characters are playing for low stakes, then the emotive level of your story is going to be low. If you raise the stakes on your story question, then your character suddenly starts getting pretty serious about the story they're in because they have to. They don't have a choice. And on the note of characters, another reason that your story might not be delivering a powerful emotional experience is because maybe you have some flat characters. A character can only have a powerful emotional experience if he or she is real. So in other words, your character needs to have her own values, goals, and beliefs that are different in some way from your other characters. And that doesn't mean they have to be 100% different, but just like in real life, we all have our own unique goals, values, and beliefs. So we're just looking for that little element of conflict within your characters and within your story. The other thing is that you might need to find a better balance between telling and showing. So when you tell your reader about an emotional experience, then your reader does not experience it. You have to show that emotional experience on the page. And there's no better way to do that than by mixing action dialogue, interior monologue, interior emotion, and description. So you really want to show how the external events of the story are affecting your character so that the reader can have that emotional experience that they're looking for. And anyway, that's reason number 10, the story fails to deliver a powerful emotional experience. And there you have it. Those are the 10 common reasons why novels are rejected and hopefully some easy exercises to work through if you do end up with a rejection in your inbox. Now, before I let you go, let's quickly recap each of the 10 reasons. So reason number one is that the category or the genre isn't the right fit for the agent or the publisher. Reason number two is that the draft is full of bad mechanics and lackluster writing. So this is like poor spelling and grammar or an overall blondness to everything. Reason number three is that the author doesn't know who their target audience is. Reason number four is that the story world isn't pulling its weight or that it's not feeling like an organic part of the story. Reason number five is that the high-level story summaries are weak. Reason number six is that the characters aren't unique or interesting. Reason number seven is that the author lacks a strong voice. Reason number eight is that the plot of the story is predictable. Reason number nine is that the theme of the story is overbearing. And reason number 10 is that the story fails to deliver a powerful emotional experience. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. 
And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.